welcome to this episode of The Aftermath. All right, so since we decided we're not numbering podcasts yeah. anymore, can we just call this one Too Far? <laughs> <laughs> too Far, yeah. <laughs> well, there's plenty that's probably going on in our brains today on the, the heels of last week, but what are you thinking about this morning, Daniel? I'm always excited for the new week. I like Mondays now, like all the way until... Like a few months ago, Monday's not my favorite day, but like with us here, like as a creative process that starts on Monday, everything that we're going to do for the rest of the week kind of like hinges on, we get in here Monday and it's like, what, what do we got to do for the week? That's really fun for me. Um, gets me like pumped and amped and excited for the rest of the week. So Mondays are always good, man. And I've had my coffee before I got here today. So that's good. I'm in the middle of intaking mine. So <laughs> I'll be amping up as we talk. So oh, there we go. So this weekend we talked in the church service about love, what what thoughts or questions are rolling through your head at, on the heels of that conversation? Yeah, like, I thought it was timely because um, there's seems like there's a lack of love in the general vicinity of the <laughs> United States right now. Loving, loving our friends and <laughs> loving our enemies, not a real popular uh, message right now. Honestly, I think it was like right on time. And it like kind of got us back to, hey, like, all this other stuff that's going on, like this is what we're about. We're about loving people and loving God uh, and like putting God first in our life, remembering that Jesus is our king and not just some person that we believe in, but he's actually, uh, he comes first. As I was putting that together last week, certainly motivated in a large measure by what happened at the Capitol. And I mentioned, I know there's nobody in this church. I don't know anybody that went to Washington most people who heard that weren't there, but I think that's it's an opportunity for us to really look ourselves in the mirror and say, well, in what ways do I act in a way that could lead to that? Or look at the attitude perhaps and the mindset and say, do I find myself there? Like, did they, yeah. so, like how, how do I do that? Yeah, was I like Paul holding the coats of the right. people stoning yeah. Stephen? Or, you know, like obviously I, I didn't storm the Capitol, but in what ways in my everyday life am I, am I out there trying to fight with people, right? right. Like, am, am I argumentative? Am I unloving? You know, and, and just trying to push people towards a position where in a place where we're reflecting, meditating on not only God as king, which we've, we've talked about a lot, you know, over the last few months, but God is the source of our love and our purpose and our meaning and our value. Because I think if you get there, one of the sort of foundational points that I was trying to make is that if I know God loves me, I've, I've really experienced that. Like if I have that experience, not just lip service, like you don't say, oh, God loves me. Like, but if you really know that at an at a internal and core level, can someone else disagreeing with you really put you off your mark that far, right? Yeah. You know, to some extent, well, it's almost like Gary Vee, who's a guy that you, I know you listen to a little bit and I used to listen to a lot, but he talks a lot about the world of social media and the need for people who are putting content out uh, to kind of not pay attention to the haters, to care what your market thinks, what your hearers think, to the extent that you're empathetic to them, but to not care at all what they think of you. And it's that, again, in a, in a dry objective perspective is like, how do you really do that? But I think when you put it that into a, like a Christian mindset, it's like, we do that by grounding yourself in Jesus, realizing that the creator of the world loves you and is cool with you. What does it really matter if someone else isn't? Yeah, it so. gives you a new level of confidence. Like when you like feel uh, the love that God has for you, like you can be a little more reckless and fearless with, with your love for other people. When you don't need someone to love you back for you to love them, that's pretty freeing. That's that's uh, not something we see a lot, you know, but uh, I think that's kind of the, that's the main goal, you know, getting to that place where like, I already love you. And no matter what you do, that's, 
that's not going to change. It's tough. Yeah, it is. It is tough, and I don't. I don't think you can get there without resting and having a. You know, I want to kind of say that a bunch. I think feel like <laughs> this time around. I said it a lot on Sunday. Like you have to have that experience. It's not good enough just to realize it in your head, right? Like, yeah, you have to spend the time in meditation and prayer and reflection to develop that relationship with God. We said a couple podcasts ago. I think I, I was kind of harping on the. We were harping on the personal relationship and how like that's not really a thing in the text, but <laughs> it's a thing here. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we said that it certainly exists, and today I think we're focusing on that piece, right? Like, yeah, it is crucial, and it's it's ultimately not the end point. But here again, like, you need that relationship in order to go forth and be in the world. So it's it's in some ways very foundational, but not the ultimate point, right? right. There's there's something beyond that, but you definitely need that. You got to spend the time reading the story to understand the story and being in the presence of God to let that reality of his, his feelings towards you and his, his perspective towards you to sink in because you're right, that gives you that sort of confidence to go through life and not get ticked off every time somebody disagrees with you or attacks you or has something nasty to say to you. I talked about last week, the, the pendulum that swings from one side. This is why we can't go all the way to the side of, uh, what's the word? Communal. Yeah, like the communal aspect. Yeah. Like we can't go all the, side, all the way to the side of personal aspect, but this is like a part of the personal aspect that has to stay in there. Sure. You have to have that relationship with God that informs what you think about you. And it's one of the things that you touched on Sunday that like, like I really, like I see a lot of people get this wrong. And it's what you said is it's not about this self-love self kind of thing that our society is pumping right now. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not that. Yeah, you hear... I think a lot, this idea that you can't love other people until you love yourself. And then that usually launches people on sort of self-reflection and sort of looking at themselves in all the ways that they are they are good or the things that they love about themselves. And it's not, if you're in a position or a headspace where you hate yourself, like you need to step back and take a look and realize that you're not all bad, right? There's lots of stuff that's good at you. So that's that can be a very healthy thing to do. I'm not discounting that. Right. But ultimately it's got, you know, there again, it's got to go beyond that to a recognition that, you know, your, your worth is not only you looking at yourself saying, yeah, I'm, I'm a cool dude or a cool chick, right? Like it's God looking at you and saying, you, you're my creation and I love you. And as we said on Sunday, like, yeah, we mess it up. Like that's nobody's going to sit here and deny that like we haven't messed things up, right? Like that's kind of a obvious to everybody. But <laughs> the truth is that God can look past that and through that because of what Jesus did and say, I, I, I love you. What, what I made in you is still good and awesome and I love. And so let's set all this other crap aside. <laughs> Yeah, and go focus on that, and you, you got to get to that point. Like the, this, this self love isn't going to cut it. Yeah, it's like a sort of fun triangle for me. Like, uh, like the way you said it. Like, uh, you can't love other people until you love yourself, but you can't really love yourself rightly until you uh, understand and experience God's love for you. Like, that's kind of a fun little right, right. Uh, but then it doubles back over, and because God, Jesus says that you love God by loving other people. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Like, so like they're all interconnected. Yeah. Um, those kind of things like always interest me. I'm like, it's the chicken or the egg kind of deal. Like right. it's like, oh yeah, it, it all happens like kind of simultaneously and at sure. once and then all separate at the same time. What are thoughts you got running through your head? I mean, there's lots to talk about. I, I'm grieved. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to talk about this on the, I don't know if we can bring this up on the podcast, but yeah, go for it. I am, I am grieved at what's going on in our country. Like the way that the church has reacted, the way that the church has been complicit and involved in, in what's gone on, um, the way that uh, things have gone down is not good. It's 
very upsetting to me. Um, and like, I'm just at this moment, just kind of looking for peace and like for my next steps. And like, I, I understand that like, I'm probably going to be okay. However, however things shake out, like, I don't, I don't think that someone's going to come knocking on my door anytime soon, but like, this is going to affect people if things get worse and, uh, it doesn't look great right now. Yeah. I've seen a couple different reactions, like within the church world to what's going on. And one of them is a little unsettling to me. And that is it's sort of an escapist theology. I've seen a couple of people over the last few days post or say, hey, this is in our home, as if like, don't worry about what's going on, right? Like God's gonna call us to our home at some point. And I think that's a really dangerous mentality to be in. If you look at what's going on and you don't think there's something that we need to be doing or caring about what's happening. And you know, it's, it's, a, it's a way to just kind of like wash your hands of everything. Uh, I, th- I think that's worrisome. So I don't, I don't wanna push into that too far, but going back to our week of hope back in Advent, like hope, <laughs> hope is a gift from God. And, yeah. and we realize as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that it's not that we don't care about what's going on, but we also understand that in the end, everything will be put right. Yeah. And you know, it, to sort of put it bluntly, like God's got our back so that even if, even if everything should fall apart, like it could, it could very well get worse before yeah. it gets better. We as America have had it for real good for a real long time. None of that's guaranteed. And I think that's kind of what we were just talking about with for the love is that you got to understand that even if things fall apart and it does get bad, it's going to be okay. I mean, even if they come for us and take our lives, whatever that means, and that's kind of a weird phrase, but you know, <laughs> even if the end, it means death for us, Yeah, God still got us, right? Like that's not, that's not the end. I don't want to put that out there as sort of an escapist thing to say, oh, we don't need to care about it. Like we very much do, but realize that we, use that as sort of a foundation and a grounding place of wholeness in order then to go and engage everything, knowing that if we step in and we get beat up, hey, it's okay. Like a lot of the, a lot of the things that I'm like real kind of, like I haven't like, I haven't put out a statement. Like I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that kind of like figure where like I have a statement about like what happened, um, what's happened since. But like, I wouldn't, I, I really wouldn't know what to say about the ordeal, all I can say is this, like, I am disgusted that, you know, not the church as a whole, but like they're erecting a cross in the place where that happened. And that's, that's embarrassing. It's very difficult for me to see Christians acting like being a, a affiliated with some party is part of Christianity, that having the, you know, this one, that this thought process is part of our faith. It's not. That to me has is, is been embarrassing and, and like really tough. And then to watch people when things go bad, instead of repenting and being like, we've, we've made politics an idol and we've, we've worshiped, you know, the God of politics. I've seen a lot of people double down and that, that's super hard to talk about. Like very difficult. It is. I might've gone too far. Sorry? Might have gone too far. <laughs> no. It is difficult. There is there's a logical fallacy out there. It's called the no Scotsman fallacy. Oh, here we go. And it it's it is this and it's what's happening now, right? Yeah. It's the statement that would say, No Christian would do that. Yeah. And it's our or, or no American, no true American would act that way. It's a fallacy because what you're doing is you're after the fact redefining what it means to right. be that thing. Right. And what we have to realize is, well, yeah, Americans did that. Yeah. Yeah. Christians did that, right? Like we need to own that. And that's why it's so embarrassing is that, you know, as Christians, we're one body, right? And there's a large segment of that body in America that has helped propel this. And now we've got, certainly not everybody in that mob was 
you know, no, a devout a, Christian, but there were, I mean, like you said, you know, it was in Michigan, there was a, a cross erected outside the state house. Yeah. And then, you know, there were flags that bore the name of Jesus in that crowd. It was right there in the thick of it. You know, something I've talked about for months now since getting here, like we have got to, as a church, separate the call of Christ from the purposes and ideas and ideals of our nation, right? Those aren't the same thing. They never were. And to the extent that they had been melded together, that's that's a problem. I mean, this this whole concept of Christian nationalism, that the, the nation of America is the the new Israel, like that's it's not a thing. Yeah. It's, not, it's not. I had like a idea for a video last week and I like, I recorded like seven versions of it and couldn't get it out right. But like basically, you know, Paul goes to Corinth who has problems <laughs> uh, to say the least Corinth like uh, is a shipping town, like a lot of people in, a lot of people out, like there it's a huge center uh, for travel. And like, uh, he kind of like goes at him real hard in first Corinthians and second Corinthians, uh, and he's chapter six for 17. He's just exhorting the people like, hey, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. We can't disciple culture if like culture is like already like inside of us. If we're supposed to be uh, like a, a royal priesthood and a holy nation and, and children of God, like there's a different culture that comes with that kingdom that, that doesn't belong to this world. Like for uh, the people at Corinth, like idolatry was a big thing. And like, I think we've fallen into political idolatry in, in the United States. And it's like, we got to stop. Like we, we have, so we have some sort of uh, civil duty and, and diligence to do uh, with our vote. But like when it comes to certain things, like we got to draw a line and say, hey, the organization that I'm a part of is the body of Christ, not this or that. Yeah, that's, abs- that's absolutely correct. I just want to ask people who find themselves in this headspace, do you not see conflicts between the cult of Jesus and what we're saying is America? Like, and when you do see those conflicts, I mean, if you don't, then there's, there's just a problem. Like that's that's a big problem because there's there's no human institution that's not going to have those conflicts, right? Like any human established government, institution, political, whatever is inherently going to be influenced by our baser human inclinations and run up against the teachings of Jesus at some point. If you can't recognize that, you need to go look yourself in the mirror straight up. But then the question is, okay, so when we do acknowledge those things and we can see those and say, hey, yeah, that's that's an area in which that doesn't come in line with the teachings of Jesus. Where's your allegiance? And that's the real, like, where's your allegiance, right? Is, can you stand up and say, hey, country, people, we got to change, or are you more inclined to raise the flag and go America? Yeah, I think the call here is to repentance. Has uh, to be. That's like not something we've gone like super in depth on recently, but like, hey, like it's time to repent. It's, it's so hard like coming out of, um, like Pentecostal kind of holiness movement to say, it's time for the church to repent, you know, but like it is. <laughs> right. In the fullest meaning of that word, right? Repent, right. you know, the, the Greek word metanoia is, I mean, we, we often use that term and means say, I'm sorry, right? Like we have to say, I'm sorry. We have to acknowledge wrongdoing and apologize. But metanoia literally means to rethink. Like we have to have a colossal reorientation and rethinking of what the call of the church is particularly in America, how it interfaces with America and how we move forward because the lockstep hand-in-hand thing that we've been doing for decades, if not since our founding, doesn't work. Like, it's not right. It's, it's not the thing. Like, it was never intended to be that. Yeah. And we, we're, we're in trouble because of it. We're in trouble as a church, as a, as a people of God in this country. 
I mean, look, look where we are. This is, this is not where we're supposed to be and not the people we're supposed to be and the picture we're supposed to put forward. It's a super hard time to like tell people about the goodness of God and like that Christ died to save you when like at the same time they see the news and they see Jesus' name waved on a flag at someone. And like right. you're always going to have that kind of stuff. There's right. always going to be yeah. someone doing that. But like I think uh, this, this whole ordeal kind of very much brought that to the forefront. They're like, hey, we have an issue in the body and it needs to be addressed. Right. So... Well, and I think I think that's exactly right. And I think to a large extent, we have treated the gospel as a sales pitch for too long. Oh. And a lot of people have seen what we now see. Yeah. And not bought the sales pitch because of it. Right. And we've kind of shoved it under the rug or not been willing to acknowledge it or you know, said that's, that's not really a problem or whatever our excuse is or our response to them is. And now it's right there in front of us. And we can't, you shouldn't deny it. Like maybe there's some way that you can wrap your brain around and shove it to the side still. But again, you need to go look yourself in the mirror if that's the case. Like if you can't recognize that there's a church in the, or a problem in the church, the large church, like there's, it's there, right? And so this is maybe not a time for sales pitching and uh, not that we shouldn't always be working to expand the kingdom, but right now expanding the kingdom means getting our house in order. Yeah. Right. Repenting, rethinking. And you and I were talking before we hit record here, like, Part of the part of the problem, I think, is honestly, and this is this has been my experience. I think it's been your experience. Is as the church, we have failed to teach our people how to think critically about their faith, and all too often we have encouraged people to set aside their questions and just swallow the party line, even if it doesn't make sense. And that just teaches people yeah, we've, we've not left to our, think. We've left our people vulnerable because of that. Yeah. So and, like, and and so when conspiracy theories or these crazy ideas come come knocking. And especially if you get somebody espousing them from behind a pulpit, well, you don't question what comes from the pulpit. If, if you've got that ethic and that, that culture, well, that, that can be dangerous. One of the ways we need to sort of rethink the way we do, we do things is to, to think well, to think critically about our, our faith and encourage our people to do that too. I fundamentally and firmly believe that God is big enough to answer our, or handle our questions. Yeah. You know, and, and if, our, if our faith can't stand up to some critical analysis, then... What good is it really? So there's like several people that have been kind of in this rethinking, uh, reframing kind of concept of the Western church, like for a while now I've been saying like, hey, like iceberg, (laughs) y'all iceberg. So now we all have to look at it as a collective body or we have to just, I'm sure there'll, there'll be some that just choose to ignore it and pretend like it doesn't exist. So, but I think there's a lot of people like that realize, hey, we have to repent and turn. <laughs> Here we are going into a new year and like we already, it's just time to roll up your sleeves because uh, like all the feel goods about your, <laughs> your new year are pretty much, you know, like that's tough. Yeah, I think there was a dr- growing popular wish or awareness that, hey, it's 2021, we're leaving 2020 behind. And it's like, uh, no, no, it's right there with us still. Yeah. yeah. Well, so like I am like... Uh, and you know this because you've been around me for a while. Some of the ways as a, as a young man that I dealt with things is I just take off. <laughs> you know, you know that finally metastasized is a real problem in my life. Like, oh yeah, you can't just run from stuff. Like you have to deal with it. Uh, so like everything that we've run from in 2020, like it's it's all still there. There's still unrest. There's still COVID. There's still all these things that you have to deal with. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there. The number changed. Nothing else changed. Yeah. And we're still sitting in the middle of it. Yeah. There's so much more to be said. <laughs> I, f- I like, I want to find a road to bring it back up, but 
<laughs> I just can't find it. <laughs> like it's yeah. not on GPS. Yeah, well, I and I think that's I think that's fine. There's a time for lament. There's yeah, a time to just recognize we have gone astray and mourn that and recognize that to be sad about that, to be embarrassed by that and ask for forgiveness. You know, we collectively have to, we have to do that. I mean, to just put on a happy face and move on like there's no problem here or that it's all okay because of Jesus, back to the conversation, you know, earlier, like in the end, ultimately it's, it's okay. Jesus has got our back, but that doesn't mean that right now, right here, like you can just ignore what's going on. Like we got real things we need to work through and we as leaders of a church body have got to be intentional about what we say and the message we put out and we got to talk about this. If we don't and our people don't and the church as a, gen, and as a whole don't, as we've said, like we're just, we're just perpetuating the problem. You know, we've got to go through that repentance period and that's where we are. So as, as happy as this conversation is, it, it's what needs to happen. But, you know, there is hope. Yeah, yeah. If we do the work, if we ground ourselves in, in Christ, if we recognize that there is, I mean, one thing to recognize is that there is forgiveness. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like this, this isn't the end. It's not like you, we've mucked it up so far that God can't redeem. Yeah, we're not gonna have another Noah situation. He promised he wouldn't flood the world again. <laughs> we're good. You know, and, and here's sort of like, this is the prophetic message that you see over and over in the Old Testament is if you repent, if you come back to God, he will put you back on the right track, right? There are blessings when you put yourself back in the will of God. If not, watch out for the woes. If we as a church decide to duck and cover and run and ignore and just go on like nothing's happened and continue in this Christian nationalist thing, we're done. Yeah. We're done. It's remarkable that God has had the patience with us that he has. Thankfully he has. At some point, it's gonna fall apart, right? It's gonna metastasize as you said earlier. Yeah. Like it's gonna come back to bite us. Yeah, we'll find ourselves on our own. We're at that like kind of point right now where uh, it's like, how long will you, you know, kick against the, the goads or, you know, like how long are you gonna keep tripping on this thing? Like it's, this is like, we're doing injury to ourselves. I hope that people don't just deny that and don't just like write it off. as like, oh, this is, this is, they're not talking about me. No, but like, I, and like I they actually take it. Cause like initially that's all I'm like, oh, well, this, is, this is not, I didn't do that. Like, but it's, this is the larger body of Christ. And like, this is what it looks like right now. Yeah. Um, and, and here's, here's the other thing. It's like, no, I wasn't there. I don't condone it. I wouldn't have done it. Has no place in it. Has no place in the church. What has just happened? This idea has no place in the church, but we're part of the church. We're a voice. It's our problem to fix. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you're looking at what has happened and said, oh, that's not me, I don't fit there. It's your problem to fix. If you're part of the problem, look yourself in the mirror and get right with God, get right with the people around you and move forward. If you're looking yourself in the mirror and saying, no, I, I reject this wholeheartedly. Okay, get on board. We gotta speak up, speak out, speak the word of God in the midst of this. Like we're called to fix, like we gotta fix this. Don't fall prey to the no Scotsman fallacy. Don't look at this and say, oh, those aren't Christians. No, that's the church. We got to fix this, y'all. Like, we got to get this whole thing back on track. And that's our job, right? And that's, I think, the challenge and the, and the way forward is that those of us who are in tune with that and those of us who aren't, when you get in tune with that, we got to speak up. We can't, we can't just be quiet about it. Yeah. You know, that's another part of the reason we got here is that a lot of us who have seen and recognized, and, and I'm at fault too here. Like I've seen this coming, right? I've, I've watched this happen over the course of years. 
right. and been happy just sending a tweet about it, right? Like that's not enough. Yeah, you know, we got to stand up and speak against it. And and when you see things being said that you know are antithetical to the gospel, to be willing to in love speak out, yeah, and correct like, and rebuke, ha- like and, having a conversation. I think like at least like slow somebody like oh I. I didn't even think that was what I was doing, but like, we never thought about it. You know, there were American flags in every church that I've, <laughs> I've ever been in. That seems silly. It does. I always had issues. My allegiance isn't to the flag of the United States of America. My allegiance is to God, it's to Jesus and them alone. It's crazy. People will quote, you know, like, choose today who you'll serve. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they'll quote that about, you know, maybe, maybe sexual sin or, or love of money. But like this thing of Christian nationalism hasn't been touched. And uh, if you're not aware of it, you are now. It's an issue. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like the, you got to choose. You can't serve yeah. two masters. Yeah. No, you can't. Right. Yeah. There was a time, you know, it's been years ago for me, but when I, you know, like when I would argue against that, well, I can pledge allegiance to a flag if that flag is subsumed and allegiant to God. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, I guess if that were the, really the case in all scenarios that that could be the case, right? But you all look around, that's not true. Yeah. Right, that's, that's the whole point of this conversation is there are many ways in which the nation of America runs afoul the gospel. You have to choose. You're a Christian, you have, you have to choose. These are not super popular words. No, we're gonna get a lot of hate on this one. I think we've come to the end of our thoughts. Yeah. So at least for now. Hey, thanks for letting me come in and just whine today. <laughs> this, <laughs> well, is, this is very cathartic, is that the word? Yeah, and, and what I was gonna say is that, you know, that's where we are today. Yeah. Like this, it's a period of, like I said before, lament, it's a period of reflection, period of being smacked in the face with the reality that I think we all hoped didn't exist, but I think a lot of us kind of knew was there and, and now it's it's there. Yeah. And so, a lot of us are reeling a little bit and trying to figure out what next and how to approach it and and what to say and what to do. But it is timely and as far as what we've been talking about for the last two months, like put it in the frame of the themes that we talked about in Advent, right? Hope, faith, peace, joy, and then this week, love. Understand that those all come from God, that we need to write our relationship with him first. And that when we've done that, I think I think the, the right steps will present themselves. There are those of us who are called to like speak out in a public way or in a a national way. But for most of us, it's really just a matter of what are you going to do today? When that one thing gets said, how are you going to respond? You're going to be quiet and walk the other way. You're going to go the other route and pick a fight. Like that's not helpful either. Nope. (laughs) One of the things that we got to learn how to do is, you know, like we need to be responsible for each other and we're responsible for the family that we have. One of our problems is we as a church are not a real family. So how do we approach each other? Like that's yeah, like we have we have just a core problem right there, yeah. right? Like, are you in a relationship with someone that you can confront them in a loving way? I'd say nine times out of ten, no. So how do you how do you do that if you don't have that relationship? Yeah, so got to develop relationship. Yeah, I mean, we, there's a there's a ton of work to do in all of our churches, and it's overwhelming. <laughs> and you know, back to the way you started, like it's it's just saddening. It's like wow, we yeah. are we're not what we thought we were. No. We're not where we thought we were. No. We need God to come in and help. Yeah. Because there's so much to do. Yeah. But he's faithful. He's always been faithful. He is. And we know what he thinks of us. Yeah. And we know we got a second cup of coffee coming. <laughs> like after yeah. we finish this up. And right. like, right. 
we're going to get back after it and do what God's called us to do. Absolutely. Um, because we're responsible for that. So I would encourage everyone to get disciplined with your faith. You know, I've got here on my desk, I've busted out my common prayer book again, which is a great one. But whatever you want to use to get into a daily routine of intentionally spending time reading God's story, letting it influence your life, spend time in prayer. Like I said, Sunday prayer, we, a lot of times we sit down, we think it's our time to talk to God. But right now it needs to be the time where you also sit and listen. So carve out some time to just listen. And that voice of God's, you know, for some people now and then comes as an audible voice. But for most of us, it's a a pushing, a pulling, a prodding, a feeling, you know, just open yourself to first and foremost, his love and acceptance, and then allow that to compel you through the day. It's, it's our only chance. It's the only thing we can do. That's it. Amen. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>